Hi there! Welcome to the Princess Power Podcast. I'm your host, Mallory, a teacher on summer break. Woo! Finally! So if I sound a little spacey, it's because I'm still in my pajamas and I have absolutely no day, no clue what day of the week it is. Look, literally can't even make sentences anymore, Um, but it's all good. I am a yoga enthusiast, a cat lover, a plant mom. I literally just spent the entire morning repotting plants out on the patio in the sunshine, not stuck in a classroom, not repeating myself to children 10 million times. It was so relaxing and so wonderful. My plants look so happy. I'm so excited. Um, So... This podcast is just to kind of focus on the issues that we face as young women in today's society. And today I'm going to introduce you to Katie, and she has some things to share with us about materialism and having things and wanting things and feeling like we need physical things. And um, we're going to talk about that and then some of the things that are more important than than physical things, right? Um, before we get started, I just want to remind you that I do have a Patreon. That's www.patreon.com slash princesspower. And again, really cool swag. Um, I was using some of the swag this weekend and my dad was like, wow, that's some cool swag. He actually really did use those words only because he heard it on my podcast. He doesn't actually know what swag means, but it's okay. Um, so... Find me on Patreon, like, comment, subscribe. Um, Shout out to Amy, one of my friends, um, who was actually on the podcast a couple weeks ago, and she left me an awesome review on Apple Podcasts, so thank you, Amy, and let's get started. So, hi, Katie. Welcome to the Princess Power Podcast. I'm excited to see you. I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. I know. Um, So, I will just tell the audience that I met Katie through a friend and um, actually through an organization that is very, like, uplifting and positive and good for women. And so, she's just, like, all of those things. And I think she has a lot of really interesting things to tell us today. And then I'll kind of turn it over to you, Katie, because I'm terrible at introducing people. So I'll let you tell them who are you? What do you want everyone to know about you? Awesome. Well, thanks, Mallory, for having me on your show. I'm so excited. I've never been on a podcast before. So this is like scratching this off my bucket list. Um, so my name is Katie Summers, and I am a middle school religion teacher. So I do that full time. And then I also um, work at my local church as the young adult coordinator. So I do that a couple hours a week. Um, grew up in a small town, Wrightstown, Wisconsin. Give a little shout out. Um, and I currently uh, live with my best friend and roommate, Leah. Uh, and we have like all of the fun together <laughs> with um, our cat Snowball. He is quite a diva. <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of me. Nothing too exciting going on over here. Katie, today we are talking about like things and materials and um, owning things and wanting things. And I've been talking with my sixth graders a lot. Um, about this because we talk about how 
it's well, we talk about jealousy a lot and like seeing mm-hmm. other people have things and wanting those things. Um, so just to start off, I'm wondering if you have any experiences that you can share with us about like how you have personally had things or lost things and how that's played a role in your life. Yeah, well, um, I guess a, a big major event in my life um, in 2019. So it was like early spring, like April. Um, our apartment building burned down um, like to the ground. Nothing was left. Um, I just remember like waking up and thinking that like somebody had burnt popcorn, you know, like the fire alarms are going off and I'm like, it's fine. Everything's fine, you know? And I wake up and there's like smoke already billowing under my door. And I was like, oh gosh, I think this is like a little serious. Um, And so I ended up like putting on like a sweatshirt and a jean jacket and running out the door without like I didn't put shoes on like I don't even know what I was thinking but I just like ran out and everybody got out safely thank goodness everybody like nobody got hurt nobody was injured um but then coming back like five hours later and there was nothing left like the entire apartment building was gone and so just like having that realization that you don't own anything anymore is really shocking like I said before I didn't even have shoes on and my my, I had my phone thank goodness um just to be able to like call 911 and things like that but um yeah going through that was definitely I I feel like I definitely have a different relationship with things like stuff now material things um like right after the fire probably for the first year I like people were donating things and I was so grateful but I definitely had this mentality of like like hoarding things like I needed things like stuff to feel complete almost Um, and I think that's such a like United States mentality about having things and like consumerism and all that stuff Um, but it really took me some time to kind of wrap my head around like living a simplistic life and not needing that stuff like stuff is just, it's not important really in the grand scheme of things. Like I was so grateful to have survived that and to have my friends, my family. Um, But yeah, it it was definitely, it took me a minute to like wrap my head around like losing things. You know, you, I think people tie their worth to the stuff that they have and you know, our stuff does not define who we are. So it took me a minute to like really kind of grab, wrap my head around that. I can't even imagine like one waking up and like seeing smoke because, you know, like we live in an apartment too and the, you hear the alarms go off and it's like never a big deal. So to actually like feel that, like I would be like panic mode. And then I think like just even as like for me at least, like the emotional level of just like feeling like you have nothing and I think that I I guess if it were me like I would obviously be devastated but we're you and I are lucky that we have like family and friends that you know I'm assuming you had someone to stay with when your apartment but you know and some people don't have that so I trying to think like you know it would suck to have to move in with my parents after 
like 10 years of not living with them, but like I would have somewhere to go and I can't even think about like the people that wouldn't have that and are literally like completely everything's gone. Um, But, and you just don't think like that it would ever happen to you. That's not something I would ever consider. I'm going to lose everything I own in the middle of the night in an apartment fire. Right. And And on top of that, like I was working my, so this was when I was running my business full time. Um, and my business was in the basement. Like I was renting out an office space. And so not only did I have to like replace my stuff, I also had to like figure out like, okay, do I want to continue doing this business? Do I want to start over, start fresh? So it was definitely like, wow, a very life-changing event but you're so right about how like you don't even know like the you know I um, volunteer at the homeless shelter in Green Bay and like people just don't always have somebody to rely on and I was lucky because I did like move back in with my parents for a year and kind of rebuilt my life Um, but I think all of us are you know one two three paychecks away from you know having to be in like a homeless shelter and not having you know having anything and it's scary so yes I definitely feel very blessed and lucky to have that support um so since then how has well you kind of mentioned like right right afterwards you felt like you just wanted to hoard things like because you know you have experienced losing everything um but since then how has your attitude attitude towards possessions changed I guess what were maybe what were you like before the fire and then how do you feel about things now I'm thinking for me like I have such a bad shopping problem <laughs> that I'm like man I would feel so sad <laughs> but also like I know when I go shopping that the things I'm buying aren't I don't need them they're not that important so I'm wondering like how has your attitude changed Yeah. So definitely after the fire, I felt like I had to like hoard things just to feel full, almost to feel like complete. And I think now, you know, like we just celebrated the two year anniversary, celebrated isn't the right word, but we just had the two year anniversary. Um, And now I really like live simply. Like I have the things that I need to survive and I'm the same way. I love shopping and like definitely girly when it comes to that. But, you know, I have like my work clothes that I need to get through the work week and my workout clothes and all of the stuff that I need to survive and not a ton of extra. And it makes me feel better. Like I am not worrying about keeping up with the Joneses or you know, I definitely have what I need to get through the day and not having to think about that pressure of, you know, well, so-and-so has this, like, I'm just happy. Like, I think I'm just happy to be alive and to have the opportunity to live every day and not have to worry about that anymore. Um, I have always been super drawn to like a really simplistic lifestyle and I'm always looking at like the tiny homes and I love just like that you know and um but then when I look at the tiny homes I'm like oh my gosh I could never fit my stuff in there so (laughs) I uh I totally understand like where you're coming from having like just what you need and you have your outfits for work and your workout outfits and you don't need you know enough 
workout outfits for the entire month. Like, you know, but it's like the culture that we live in to just have options and have more and more and more. Right. It's hard to not feel that pull. You know, when I, you know, my, my best friend and my roommate, she works at Maurice's and she always comes home with like the cutest stuff. And I'm like, oh, you know, so it's hard to not like almost compete with each other. Like, oh, well, she has, you know, five jean jackets. I have one, you know, what? like it is really that it's hard. And I, I think too about like, you know, we're kind of in that age where people are starting to buy homes and get married and I like sometimes find myself comparing like, oh, well, you know, I'm still in an apartment or my car has like duct tape on it or like, you know, like trying to, but you know, my students the other day, they're like, Miss Summers, why don't you buy a car, like a nice car? And, (laughs) and I'm like, you guys, I have the car that I can afford and I need, I think here in the United States, we like put things on our credit cards or, you know, we think that we can afford them, but really we can't. And so it's, you know, a good conversation to have that with them. Like, no, I drive the car that I can afford and I don't need like a nice shiny new one. Um, what kind of things, and I say things in quotations, what kind of things do you think are more valuable than the possessions? Um, well, I definitely would say like my friends and family. I think when you go through a tragedy like that, you really find out who is going to stand by you and support you no matter what. Like, of course, you know, my parents and my brother were so supportive and I, you know, moved back in with them for a year and kind of got myself put back together. Um, but also friends, too. I, I really found out the friends that I could lean on because, um, you know, I think sometimes people are like say they're there for you until it gets too hard. Like I really for a whole year was not a good friend because I needed them to like carry me through that time. And so I'm so grateful um, for having such an amazing support support system. Um, and I think too, my faith, like I really, you know, I grew up in like a cat, Catholic household and my dad's a deacon and like all the things, but um, it wasn't until then that I really had to kind of rely on that and fall back on my faith and, um, you know, rely on that this was like, just a part of the journey, like part of my story and that I was going to be okay. And I think too, um, like the last thing would be like, I don't know if this is a good word, but like fulfillment, like having some, something in your life that you are fulfilled by. So for me, like I love teaching, like I am called to that and I having that like passion, maybe would be a better word, like some sort of passion and thing that you're like doing every day. Did you have any issues like accepting the help from your friends and family? I think that for me, that's one thing that's really hard is like to ask for help or even just like rely on people if I have to. But like you said, you couldn't be a good friend. You needed people to be there for you for like that first year. So was that, how did that affect you? It definitely was a huge piece of humble pie. Um, like I definitely grew up in a household where we were like tough, like my dad, you know, my, both my parents are, are there together and they're married, but my dad was the one that really like pushed me to be independent and to like be able to provide for myself. And so when this happens, I really had to, like, I was like accepting clothes from strangers, which is so beautiful that people would be willing to donate that kind of stuff. But to accept that and to accept like 
some pretty large financial donations was really difficult. Um, but when you're also, it, it was weird because it was this like humble piece of pie, but when you're in that space of not having anything, it's, you're like truly grateful to, um, and willing to accept it, but it was, it was really hard. And, you know, of course, like moving back in with my parents was a really tough, like, you know, I felt bad. I was like, no, like I'm, I think I was like 27, I think at the time. So it's like, I, you know, don't want to move back in. Like I should be financially stable at this point. I should be living on my own. And, and really like I wasn't financially stable and like, I just couldn't live on my own. Like I both like financially and emotionally, like I just really needed them. And so like learning to be able to accept that was really difficult, but I think, you know, like God was working through that because we always feel good when we give. And so sometimes you have to be the person receiving. My parents and I really grew together during that like year. Like we really had some deep conversations about, you know, like PTSD and, uh, and mental health. Okay. So you were talking about how like um, you have to had to be humble and receive the things that you needed um so in my sixth grade classroom especially there we have a lot of discussions about um about like things and how they're not as important as they seem especially in middle school um like I think one of my students said something to me like oh your shoes look like they're from Walmart or something and I was like so what if they are, like, you know? <laughs> um, so there's a really big pressure, I think, for kids to have like the best kinds of clothes and the best technology or video games or iPhone or whatever's out there. Um, and you're a teacher, so I think you're going to have good advice for them. What advice could you give to middle schoolers or high schoolers about um, like resisting that need for things at that age? You know, first of all, I think people hide behind their stuff. And I think they use it as a facade, um, you know, to make it seem like everything's all good. Like, okay, if I have, you know, the brand new SUV or the buckle jeans or what, whatever it is, the Air Jordans, um, there's like new Nike shoes out that my students are like always talking about. I can't even remember what they're called. But I think people like put that out there and it seems like then their lives are put together and they're perfect. And we can just, you know, like everybody just like, look at me and like, all great. But I think that we like use stuff to fill a void of unhappiness. And we think that whatever we're buying or consuming is going to fill us with joy, but you realize when it's gone, that's not what makes you happy. You know, like my couch in my apartment, that is not what like brought me joy. Right. But I think we don't always know what makes us happy. And so we try to consume other things, um, whether that be like stuff or alcohol or food or whatever. So when you realize when you don't when you literally don't have anything, you really can figure out like what brings me joy. Like I said before, like family, friends, faith, like those things bring me joy. You know, my my car does not bring me joy if it was gone tomorrow would I be sad? Probably not. You know, I can get a car that doesn't have it. Um, but anyways, no, <laughs> I really, I would just advise like, you know, it's hard to advise middle schoolers to figure out what makes them happy, but there are things that make them happy that aren't stuff. 
And so I would really advise them like, find out what brings you joy and focus on that. And the other things are just supplemental. You just like reinforce everything we've been talking about all school year, (laughs) like finding stuff that you like to do and get better at it and you'll be happy in life. And that's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So in our SEL curriculum, we also talked about, we had, um, I thought this is kind of weird for sixth grade, but it was like about like budgeting and like putting in work to earn things that you want. Um, But we did talk about how like, it's not bad or abnormal to want things. And it's also not bad to see like, oh, there's a new video game that I want and I'm going to work all summer and mow a hundred yards. And then I'm going to enjoy the game that I can finally buy. Um, So do you have any possessions that are like particularly important to you that um, you maybe worked hard to get? Or also, do you have any possessions that are like sentimental? That's a really interesting question. So I think because of the fire, I really don't have anything that I like, oh, like a thing, like a material thing that I own that I carry with sentimentality. Like I, I definitely carry carry um like sentimentality with experiences so like you know doing something with my family or my friends um maybe the one thing that I have would be my apartment um you know I told you before that I like I'm very independent and moving in with my parents is really hard um and so I worked really hard to kind of be able to like budget for my own apartment again like work, you know, obviously I like have a day job, a couple jobs to like be able to maintain that. And, you know, it, the apartment isn't just a thing to me. Like it stands for, you know, it's my home. It's where I like, you know, where Leah and I hang out and where we have fun and um, my friends, you know, I love hosting. So I like always love having friends over and, you know, it's my space and it stands for independence and um, freedom. So I would definitely, I would say that probably like just having my own space. Um, But I also like work hard for experiences. Like I love traveling. And so um, my roommate, Leah and I, we just booked a trip to Colorado. We're taking a road trip this summer. And so, you know, working hard for that and being able to budget. And um, I do work during the summer too, to be able to like do some fun things during the year. So um, I would say those two things. I, I love doing like things, like experiences. I love that. Me too. Uh, all of the plane tickets, all of the <laughs> museums and concerts, I would much rather work hard for those kinds of things instead of like a new pair of shoes or something. Right, right. Um, some of my sixth graders said they spend like hundreds of dollars on one pair of shoes. I'm like, well, I don't know. I can't, I can't even imagine. I'm like, Katie, I think that takes us pretty much to the end. Do you have anything else you want to add? Any final comments? I definitely recommend to people, and I tell my students this all the time because we talk about like, you know, mental health and anxiety as part of religion class, but like really get the help that you need and don't feel ashamed like everybody goes through stuff. It doesn't have to be as traumatic as a a house fire or whatever, but, you know, even 
just like a breakup or just a rough time, like a hard diagnosis or whatever, like seeking out mental health, mental help. And, um, a lot of like employers, I didn't know this. I, I go to see a counselor and my work like pays for me to go. It's called like the employee assistance program and most jobs have them, but I had no idea. So I highly recommend like if you're struggling with anything to just go talk to somebody and um, they're just a good sounding board. Like sometimes I go into my counselor and she doesn't say a word except asking me how I'm doing and I will work through my problems myself. It's just having that third you know, party that's not biased in any way to be able to talk through things. Um, I am a huge advocate for counseling because I'm just naturally, like the way I process information is outwardly. So I mm-hmm. just have to say things even if they don't make sense half the time and when you have people that are like part of the situation they will say things that make you feel certain ways and I feel like the trained professionals are good at just sitting listening they'll maybe ask like tell me more or really and then it it like that seems so simple but it sparks something inside of me that like helps me figure out my own problems right so and I think there's such a like bad stigma about like oh you need help like there's something wrong with you and I think every single human being on the planet would benefit from talking their problems out with a professional who knows what they're doing agreed I agree um Katie thank you so much uh for one being patient with the technology (laughs) I think we're both after this year, teaching this year, we both understand how technology works sometimes, but thank you for your patience and thank you for taking time out of your day to chat with me. Yeah, this was so great. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you again to my good friend, Katie. And thank you, of course, to the listeners. That's you. Um, Thank you so much for listening every episode. Um, You guys are the reason that I continue to do this. And um, please email me, um, theprincesspowerpodcast at gmail.com. And I would love to hear if you have people that you think uh, would be a great guest or if you have topics you want me to cover or if you have something you think that you would like to share with the world, please send me an email. I want to hear from you. Um, Again, it's princesspowerpodcast at gmail.com, and I will see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.